Good morning, everyone, because I'm recording this in the morning. And if you're listening to this in the afternoon or the evening, I can't do much about it, can I? Anyhow, it's Dan Clarkson Podcast. You know, when I started this podcast, pre-COVID times, seems a long time ago, over 30 episodes ago, I always introduced it by saying Whitewater Kayaker based in the Himalayas, blah, blah, blah. And I've sort of stopped doing that recently. Uh, but still a Whitewater Kayaker. Do a bit of running now and then. And uh, watch a lot of Netflix. Because it's in COVID times still and we've got restrictions. But I hadn't done a podcast for a bit and I thought I'd do another one. So I'm drinking some coffee. See if you hear me slurp. That's what it is. If the audio is not so good, it's because I haven't got the microphone that I'm supposed to be using that I got sent to use, plugged into my phone. And I'm okay with that. And if you're okay with that, then I'll keep doing it. If you're not okay, I'll dig out my uh, microphone out of the box because I packed it all up. Uh, but anyway, the reason for this podcast is twofold, really. Yesterday, I managed to read an article on the internet, on the interwobble. Because we don't have to read articles in magazines anymore. This article was shared online by Paddling Magazine, which is a magazine stateside, either Canada or US, I can't remember which one it is. Uh, and I know if you're from Canada and I've just called you stateside, you're going to scream and shout at me, and I'm terribly, terribly sorry. But I can't remember if it's North America, I can't remember <coughs> exactly what it is. But the article is called Demons on a Stikine River by Maxi Kainwasser. Excuse me, and I get name checked in that because I paddle the Stikine with Max uh, and some friends, six of us, dropped into the Stikine. And Max's article's really nice and it talks about his descent with Austin Rothman. It talks about Doug Ammons' descent. I think it might even name check Rob Lesser and Moffat and all those early pioneers. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, my descent, I paddled with Ricky Moxon, Taylor Calvin, Ben Hawthorne, um, Max, as I've said, and Cody Howard. Now, I've kept in touch with Cody a lot. You know, I've kept in touch with all the guys, but I've kept in touch with Cody a lot, a lot. I say everything, a lot, a lot. This was like a young teenager. A lot, a lot. Uh, Cody was, was in an accident a few years ago on a snowmobile, and he's, he's gone through some serious rehab. And I, when I look at his photographs on Facebook of him and his young family, it just amazes me with his courage and his dedication to, to life and living the best life ever. And learning to walk again. Learning to do the stuff he always did again. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. It brings me to tears constantly. And I'm probably going to share this podcast link on his timeline because I don't think he listens to this podcast. But just seeing those pictures just bring a certain amount of joy to my life. Reading that article about the Stikine obviously took me back into the Stikine. And you can listen to podcasts that I've done about my feelings on the Stikine. And will I go back? About the deep, dark, grey walls. About the huge holes. About the, the people that do one-day descents on it and the people that take three days over it. And the people that walk out and the people get get into mischief. But it got me thinking... A little bit like Roy Castle, if anybody knows who Roy Castle is. 
children's TV presenter. That's what he's famous for. But a jazz musician who passed away a couple of years ago. So one of the people that on children's TV in the 80s, you know, you'd huddle around eating crisps and watching his show Record Breakers, which was an offshoot of the uh, popular kids' TV show Blue Peter. If you're in the UK, if you listen to this outside the UK, then I can't help you. I'm really sorry. You can probably Google all this stuff. But Roy Castle, excuse me, Roy Castle sang about dedication. People on record breakers were nearly always into fandom competence. They might collect football cards and matchboxes or build pirate ships out of matches in bottles or whatever. But ever so often, he had people that were skilled athletes on there. He had, I'm pretty sure he had Colin Hill on doing rolling record. And uh, please, Colin, if if you're around and you're not swimming somewhere, because I know you do a lot of swimming, let me know. Uh, but I'm pretty sure you were a young teenager doing a load of rolls in like, under a minute or something stupid in a rotor box. I've seen a photograph of it somewhere. And I'm also sure there's a photograph of you doing that uh, in the bar, Tom and Jerry's bar in Kathmandu. Which is a weird place to have a, a rolling record. But I'm 100% sure that it's there. And that's juxtaposed next to a picture of you kayaking in Vietnam. Uh, I'm pretty sure of that. Tom and Jay's bar, well, is it still going to be open after COVID? Mm, exhibition paddler's not going there. I mean, it's a dirty flea dive. And people have got to better places now. But maybe it's still there. Excuse me. But one of the things that thinking about Roy Castle and Mr King sort of brought to the fore for me is that we all do our best on the water, don't we? I paddled a low water day the other day. I mean, so low, you know, as you float down, you can see the bottom. You know, as you're surfing that bottom wave at the mill and flat spinning away and laughing at your friends and all that malarkey. You know, you, you can see how close the rocks are to your swede if you ever flip. And in the past, maybe I would have poo-pooed the idea of spending six or eight hours paddling a low-water day. And I thought, oh, I'm too good for this. I don't need to paddle low-water days. I don't need to paddle serpent's tail where the gap at the bottom is so thin. If I was paddling mid-dancer, going down sideways, I'd broach. But, you know, I've paddled it quite a lot, really low. Excuse me, over these last few weeks. And it brings a smile to my face. What really brings a smile to my face is when I paddle it with people and they're doing the best they can. For them, that hole at the bottom of the mill or the descent of town or, I hasten to say, the stinging the tail at serpents is perhaps the pinnacle of anything they would ever paddle or at least the pinnacle up to, up to that point. And, you know, ruminating on this we always see in kayaking video footage of people paddling the zambezi or doing wiki ticky taco flippy floppy flips or whatever they're called <coughs> <coughs> excuse me wiki ticky taco flips and all that off waterfalls or off huge waves or sliding down you know cherry bomb creek or whatever you know, flipping around, scratching the boats and getting aerial. And it looks really cool and, you know, we can all probably aspire to that. 
But that's not where our sport is, is it? That's not the top, top, top end of it. And where the sport really is, call it a sport, call it a pastime, is really just pushing ourselves. And with all this media that shows the elites of this world, willing, you know, doing high rapids in Tibet and running the Wellabrook at insane flows and like a, the aforementioned wiki tiki taco flippy floppy flues and all that. It's not what most of us do though, is it? You know, most of us are quite happy, you know, to sit in an eddy and chat to our friends and tell rubbish jokes and then egg on or banter, whichever way you look at it, egg on people to be the best they can that day. Whether the best they can that day is getting onto Serpent's Tail for the very first time, all nervous, or full of bravado. Maybe they're paddling it by themselves, maybe they're following somebody, maybe they've got out and scouted. And they paddle it through with dry hair at the bottom. That means a lot, doesn't it? That play means more to any any paddler that watches somebody do a wiki tiki taco flip or whatever they're called. In real terms. Because it proves that you can be a better person. You can overcome certain fears and certain anxieties. And you can put yourself in an arena that allows you to do that. And I like seeing people's faces when that happens. And I was reminded yesterday of a quote by by Moffat, Mr. Jerry Moffat, who is quite a famous kayaker, and he paddles lots and lots. Probably, probably a lot less now in COVID times, but you could quite often see him frequenting the coffee shops of Tamil or Upper Changspa Road in Lake. Back in the 90s, you could see him smoking cigarettes in Manali in the old town. You could see him, if you're lucky, on the, underneath the yellow sign of Vista Key. Or on the summit of Everest. And Jay once said, Have I ever told you about my worst day on the river? It was marvellous. And I think that sort of hits a nail on the head, you know. Sure, we have bad days on the river, but we still do our best, don't we? We don't necessarily want to beat ourselves up if we have a bad day, if we take a silly swim or snap up a set of blades or, you know, end up paddling with peers that we don't respect. Some people do that, don't they? They paddle with peers that they don't respect them and that they don't respect them, and the only reason they paddle with them is because they end up sharing shuttles because they live in the same town. That's got a negative impact on your experience. Anyway, I divert. Our worst days on the rivers, river are always marvellous. Always. High flows, low flows, summer flows, winter flows. Sun, rain, hail, snow. They're all marvellous. And they're marvellous because they allow us to be our best. And my best does not need to be your best. You know? Some of the best paddlers I know on paper, paddle grades of water two, three times less than what I do. 
but I know they're the ones that are doing their best. And they do their best every time they get on. And that is just the best thing. And I've just name-checked a couple of people there. And I'm going to name-check the guy that told me that quote yesterday, because he's called Graham Kidd. And you'll all know Graham. If you listen to this podcast, I say you'll all know Graham. You might know Graham. He's a, he's a Scottish paddler. Uh, spends a lot of time in the motorhome. Got a wee dog. But, you know, Graham is the, I think he's the epitome of super cool when it comes to kayaking. Yeah, for lots of reasons, and I'm not going to talk about him. And, uh, I'm not going to make the sunshine out of his ass, to be honest. But I have to name check him because he was the one that reminded me of the Moffat quote. But we all do our best. And even if we go paddling for the weekend and we get there, it's a Saturday morning. People have worked hard Monday to Friday, nine to five. And I'm sorry to shift workers if this example doesn't echo with your life. But you've worked hard Monday to Friday, nine to five. And you get up early morning on a Saturday and you sneak out of your house full of anticipation and excitement. And you get in your car and you start your engine and you drive out of your city and out of your town. And again, if you live close to the rivers, this little story's probably not gonna echo, is it? But I can't really do much about that. You drive out of your city, you drive out of your town. You join that motorway network. Past that service station that you always stop in for a pasty and a cup of tea on your return. But you're excited now and you get to the river. And it's been raining lots all week. And part of you is really excited and part of you is really, really anxious. And you get on that river. You're changing the labour before you get on, obviously. And you get cold and you get wet and the jokes are, are plenty. And someone reminds you of a swim that you had six months ago that you've tried to forget. Someone else takes a mickey out of the new kid on the block because they've just bought the really spangly new boat that's cost them over a grand. And the new kid on the block bounces back the jokes to the old timer in a boat from 1992. But friendships have sort of formed and developed. And you get on that river and it's still pretty early. And you're tired and fatigued a little from your drive and perhaps you didn't sleep very well after that long week at work. And you get on and you fluff that first eddy, but that's all right because there's more to come. And you float off down and you make that second eddy and you can relax and breathe. And the jokes are plenty and someone paddles off, doesn't get any eddy, so you sort of chase them and sort of a nice long configuration of paddling and splashes and jokes and laughs. So maybe you've done maybe a thousand times before. So you don't necessarily scout and you just keep on going. And that tricky little drop near that railway bridge, that one that always flips you and you always struggle to roll but you get up in the end. Well this time it does flip you and you do struggle to roll and you don't get up in the end and you swim. And your boat pisses off downstream and you struggle to swim to the bank and your mates rescue us some young hot start chases your boat off down because they're the one that surfs away at eight metres away. And when you're reunited with your boat 
perhaps there's a ding in the nose and you've lost your throw line out from between the seat pillar. But you've still got your airbags in there in your medipocket. And you feel a bit battered and bruised and maybe your ego's taken a shake. And you get back in and somebody says to you, oh, that'll pop out with hot water while looking at the dint the size of a football in the nose of your boat. And some bloke at the back says, no, it won't, that's knackered, mate. What do you swim there for, you idiot? And the banter starts again and you can feel your ego deflate and you can feel all the wounds open up at all the times you've failed. And sometimes it sits heavy and it's not about failure on the river that day, it's about failure in other aspects of your life. And you feel a little bit shell-shocked and a little bit shaky as you paddle from eddy to eddy. It might take you a little while to regain your confidence on that run. And know that you can actually paddle again. And you may never regain confidence that day and you get back into the, get to the car at the end, feeling lucky to be alive as if you've just been on the front line climbing, coming out of the trenches. And you climb out and everyone's all excited and adrenaline up and you feel a bit deflated. And you get in your car and they want to go to do a second river. And you look at them and you make, you make excuses. Oh, I've got to get back. I've got to get home. But really, what you want to do is get off the river because you don't feel happy. And some of us would get in that car that day and drive away and feel deflated and our egos have gone and battered and bruised and explain to people why we've got a dent in our new boat and all that sort of stuff. But really, if we look at this, like, take it as a juxtaposition, you've just had one of the best days ever. You know, you've been dedicated to your craft, you didn't climb out. And even if you did climb out, you're making choices. You're making choices in the real world, and that's a brilliant thing. Because lots of people don't make choices in the real world. Kayaking allows us to do that. Lots of people are on an automaton. You know, and I think I'm using that word correctly in this context. You know, people don't run in dynamic environments where they constantly assess their needs and wants. Not in the same way. I mean, if you're the sort of person that goes to work Monday to Friday, nine to five or shifts, and you get home and you put Netflix on and you fall asleep on your sofa while drinking a can of Stella, and you wake up in the morning and have a cold shower and get yourself dressed and go back into work, there's very little in your free time there that pushes you and challenges you and changes you. But with kayaking, after you swim, you've been pushed, you've been challenged, you've been changed. You've been dedicated. You've been dedicated to yourself, to the choices you make. And if you're strong enough as a person, you don't need to flex with the peers in the group. And some people do, though. Some people fall into sort of a peer group that doesn't bully, because that's the wrong use of the word bullying, but tries to influence them away from something they necessarily want. Some people, for sure, need a little bit of coaxing to be the best they can be. But some people don't. And good friends know the difference. Good coaches know the difference. I remember, you know, when I was much younger, paddling in peer groups that pushed me hard. And I felt so out of my depth. And I moved peer groups pretty quickly. Similarly, peer groups that didn't push me, that didn't make me feel like I could be the best me. I moved out of those peer groups quickly as well. And it's important, you know, it's important that we can be dedicated to our self-improvement. And I've kind of waffled on here, Anna. And I'm going around in circles. So I am going to stop talking. I'm going to have some more coffee. But like I say, really, 
end of this podcast. Try and be the best you can be. Be dedicated to self-improvement, having the best day ever. You know, I'm not saying that about class five, I'm not saying that do wicked ticket taco flips. Have smiles, have fun, drink tea, eat cake. Beautiful, isn't it? Not about big names, not about GoPros, you know, not about sticking it all on the internet. It's probably not about talking about it in podcasts, to be honest. It's just about smiles and smiles for miles. And and do something different, you know. Paddle a boat you never paddled before and all that malarkey. Anyway, kids and uh, adults, kids, anyway people. Uh yeah, have a cracking day like Nearly the weekend, isn't it? But if you listen to this on Monday, it's not nearly the weekend, is it? So I'm really sorry about that. But it is, it is nearly the weekend for me. And I'm going back into work. Like I say, working in social services now. So I'm never going to start a podcast saying, hey, John Clarkson King podcast, I work in social services. Because uh, I still do loads of car kid and other stuff. Anyhow, have a cracking one. And uh, I hope you're listening, because if not, I'm just rattling off in my lounge, drinking coffee to nobody. And uh, I'll speak to you all soon. Toodle pips. <laughs>